Hello and welcome back to Small Screen Stories. This is the show where I go over all the news in the world of entertainment and pop culture, especially for you guys. All of these news stories and features are featured and are on uh, Small Screen, which I am the editor of. I am Edward Lauder. Uh, you can find Small Screen at uh, small-co.uk. Uh, sorry, small. Sorry, small-screen.co.uk. You can also follow me uh, at EJ Lauder on Twitter. And if you can like and subscribe whilst watching this on YouTube, that'd be brilliant. If you can also uh, like the video on Facebook and follow and like the page on Facebook as well, and do whatever you guys are doing on Twitch, because um, I still haven't really worked out what you guys do on Twitch. You can also find this show as a podcast if you uh, like to would rather listen to this as a podcast. You can do that wherever you get your podcasts and that's at um, Small Screen Stories and if you're listening on Apple Podcasts then please give us a five-star rating that would be wonderful. Now let's get straight into the news after all that preamble and that's that Deadpool 3 is confirmed to be R-rated and also set in the MCU and this has been confirmed by none other than Kevin Feige. So the kind of big cheese over at, uh, at Marvel has confirmed that the upcoming Deadpool 3 movie is going to be not only R-rated, but also set in the MCU. So this is something that we've been wondering about for quite some time now. What's actually going to happen with this uh, this really quite interesting uh, movie that we, we've got on our, on our plate at the moment? Is, it, is this something that is going to be R-rated? Well, yes, it is. We've been wondering about that for a long time because, well, Marvel films up until now have not been R-rated. There hasn't been a Marvel Studios movie which has been R-rated in these kind of this new kind of MCU. There have been a couple before, but no, this is this is the this is the very first one. And uh, what is it going to be set in the MCU, or are they going to have an MCU adjacent? Well, that's still to be uh, figured out, really, but. As far as uh, Kevin Feige is concerned, it is going to be set in the MCU. So let's just go over to the site now. So this was in an interview he did with Collider. And uh, here is what he had to say. So it will be R-rated and we are working on a script right now. And Ryan's overseeing uh, a script right now. Uh, it will uh, not be filming this year. Ryan is very busy, very su- <laughs> is a very busy and very successful actor. We've got a number of things we've already announced that we have now to make, but it's exciting for it to have begun. Again, a very different type of character in the MCU, and Ryan is a force of nature, which is just awesome to see him bring that character to life. So in that in that um, that quote, you've basically got everything, all the information you need about what's going on with this uh, Deadpool 3 movie. It's happening. They're writing it. So I think it's the Molyneux sisters that are doing it at the moment who are that they kind of uh, it was it was announced a couple, maybe a few months back now, a month back that they're doing it. So it's not going to be uh, Paul Wernick and Rhett Reese. Um, which is rather interesting because they did the first two movies and actually been very successful working with Ryan Reynolds in the past. But no, it looks like Ryan Reynolds and possibly Marvel Studios and Kevin Feige want to kind of get some new blood in. So they've got the Molyneux sisters working on that. Ryan is overseeing that script as we speak. It will not be filming this year, which is another bit of news that we didn't know before. So no, it won't, won't start filming until probably 2022. And uh, then it's going to be R-rated and it's going to be in the MCU. Big news, big, big news. Uh, this is something that I am really, really excited about because I love Deadpool. I think the Deadpool first two movies are really, really quite good. I really loved the first film. The second film was fine, but um, I'm a big fan of, to, to be honest, both of them together. I think that they're, they're, they're solid films. I was, uh, if I'm going to be like, what's my favorite comic book movie of all time? I always say the same one. I always say that it's probably Logan, uh, which was also R-rated actually. But um then Ryan Reynolds went on to offer uh, insight into how he managed to get Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios to agree to do this film. So he then took to Twitter and said, full disclosure, I showed them Spider-Man 1 and 2 and told it told them it was Deadpool 2, uh, 1 and 2. So, of course, that's a joke, but um, this is something that Ryan Reynolds likes to do, and um, I'm pretty sure that Kevin Feige would know that he was watching Spider-Man 1 and 2. But what do you think of all this uh, all this news about the uh, the upcoming Deadpool 3? Are you excited to hear that it is R-rated, that it's going to be set in the MCU, that Ryan Reynolds is, is really, really working on this hard, and that they're writing the script as we speak? Let me know in the comments below. Right, moving on, and re- moving on to the news that Venom Let There Be Carnage is rumoured to be R-rated. So where does this news come from? I need to uh, find the article again. So this is something that a lot of people have been talking about for quite some time now. Of course, 
Venom 2, or Let There Be Carnage, is being directed by Andy Serkis. It's going to see... It's from We Got This Covered. So as I always say, take this with a pinch of salt with uh, with uh, We Got This Covered. But the thing is, they... They, they have gotten things right. I mean, just looking at the Disney Investors Day presentation, a lot of what was, uh, was um, uh, well, revealed there was actually leaked previously by We Got This Covered. So maybe look at that website with a slight, in a slightly different angle than, than what we were in you know, 2019 and 2020. They have some pretty good sources over there, and they have proven to be correct in the past. Well, anyway, so yeah, as I was saying, it's going to star Tom Hardy, who's back as Eddie Brock, Andy Serkis is directing the film, which I'm really excited about, and uh, Woody Harrelson is playing uh, Carnage. Uh, Cass- Cassius, uh, I can never remember his name. If someone in the chat can uh, can remind me what his na- what his actual name is, because I don't want to start searching whilst I'm doing this live. But um, yeah, so there's a lot of there are lots of reasons to be excited for this because it's it's a film that first off, I'm full disclosure, I was really really happy with the first film. I know. Uh, a lot of people thought it was a bit, well, crap, which, yeah, it kind of is if you're going to look at it as far as, you know, if you're going to look if you're going to look at it as any kind of ordinary comic book film, then yeah. But I actually thought it was quite a lot of fun. And uh, I actually really, really like um, Tom Hardy's performance in it. I think it's weird. Um, I think it's kind of it's a Venom film. So what else do you expect? It's going to be weird. It's kind of the tone was a bit all over the place. It was trying to be funny. It was quite gruesome in places. But I kind of liked that. It's something that we haven't seen in a long time. It did feel like a kind of older comic book movie. But I didn't mind it as as much as other people did. And I'm actually really looking forward to seeing what someone like Andy Serkis can do with Let There Be Carnage. And also, I'm, ex- I'm interested to see what they do with Carnage. And yes, it being R-rated kind of makes sense as far as I'm concerned. It can't really be anything else at the, at the moment. And Sony Pictures, of course, it was originally going to come out in 2020, which is weird. I think you wouldn't already have seen the Venom movie in a, in a non-COVID world. But... They've also had a lot of time to work on this. So that makes me feel better about the film as well. I actually have a bit more... Um, what's the word? I have I have a bit more faith in Circus, actually, than uh, uh, Ruben Fleischer, who directed the first film. Uh, I haven't... Apart from Zombieland, I haven't really liked much of many of his films. Uh, and then Venom. But I, 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 there's something there's something interesting in this. I think there's something very interesting in Andy Serkis and, um, and Tom Hardy working together. And uh, yeah, R-rated makes sense. It's also being rumoured uh, that the trailer is coming later this month. So that was actually posted by um, a Twitter a, a Twitter user called Venom Movie News. So they had, they also put a video in there, which seems to show the title card of the film. So probably the title card of the uh, of the trailer. It looked very much like the first film. We just let there be carnage coming up at the end quite slowly. So th- these are things, you know, that it seems as though things are moving ahead with this film. I believe it's supposed to be coming out in June. Uh, da, 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 it was pushed to 2021. I think it's June 24th, I believe. I think I'm right on that. So hopefully that film will actually manage to come out in cinemas. Hopefully by then cinemas will be open again. And this actually leads me into my next uh, bit of news, which is Jared Leto's Morbius film has been pushed back to October 2021. So it was originally coming out on March 12th, but now it looks like cinemas won't be open by that time, which is a shame because I really, really want to go to a cinema. But uh, according, this is, well, again, it was from Deadline. They reported that it's now going to be coming out um, on October 8th, 2021. So again, this, I'm a bit, I'm not worried about this film so much, but I don't think it's going to be that incredible. (laughs) Um, I really want it to be, uh, but Morbius isn't a film that I am like really, really looking forward to. I'm, 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 I'm curiously optimistic. I'm actually just very curious about this film because I think Jared Leto is a really good performer. I think he's a really, really good actor. I think he's also actually quite a good musician. Um, but, but there's something about him and the Morbius role. I think he kind of seems perfect for it on paper, but these Sony movies, they haven't, I mean, even though I liked Venom, I, it was kind of, a, it was a guilty pleasure. I can look at that film and be like, it's not a good film, but I enjoyed it. So maybe that's what these films are going to be. They're going to be kind of bad movies that are quite enjoyable to watch, which you know, actually, you know what, I'm fine with. But I would like, if they have someone as big, like they have like Tom Hardy connected to these films, they have, well, in these movies, they have Jared Leto in these films. They've got big name actors. They've got 
um, I actually can't remember who directed Morbius now off the top of my head, but they, they have been able to bring in some pretty big names to direct these films as well. So I'm excited for Morbius. I hope you guys are too. Let me know in the comments below if you're excited for this film. Uh, as well as I said before, I'm curious. I'm, I'm a bit. I'm curious about this film. I'm optimistic about it, but then again, I'm not expecting too much from it. So maybe that's the way you should go into it. Just don't expect too much from it. Right, moving on. And moving on to uh, a rumor that Lucasfilm wants Chris Platt to, to play young Indiana Jones. So this, I believe, comes from Daniel Rickman. Uh, yes, it does. And um, this, so Daniel Rickman is someone that that just <laughs> just kind of puts out scoop after scoop after scoop. But he puts it on a Patreon page, and you have to be a subscriber. You have to pay him for his scoops. Where, full disclosure: we here at Small Screen do not pay him. We tend to get them from other outlets that that, that post them because I kind of don't like the i. I mean, if he if he really is an insider, and if he really has all this information, then that's fine. But I kind of don't always trust. He's a bit hit and miss. Let's say that he's quite hit and miss. Uh, but he has got stuff right in the past. So uh, this this whole thing about what's going to happen with Indiana Jones after Indiana Jones, uh, Jones Five, well, he's now reporting that Chris Pratt is being looked at for the role of Indiana Jones, so they can go back to kind of Indiana Jones in his heyday. So it's not so much a young Indiana Jones; it would just be Indiana Jones, like when Harrison Ford first started the role which basically means he's going to be playing Harrison Ford again. So the last time that happened, it didn't turn out too well. You know, Solo, a Star Wars story, didn't do as well as uh, um, Lucasfilm wanted it to do. The thing is, uh, I actually think that film's not bad. I think that film's quite good. Is that really going to work? I don't think it would work. I really think Indiana Jones without Harrison Ford isn't really going to... I don't think people are going to watch it. Even if Chris Pratt is in it, Chris Pratt is a big name, the, the problem is, is that he's already basically playing Indiana Jones in the Jurassic World movies. So we've got that, and we've got the next one coming. We've got Jurassic World Dominion coming. Is that... I think it's Dominion, not Domination, it's Dominion. Um, I, I, do people really want to see him play basically the same character again? Not really. I also don't know whether Chris Pratt quite has the... I suppose it is like a sophistication that, that Harrison Ford had at that time. I really think I rewatched I re uh, a number of the Indiana Jones movies over the Christmas break, and that he is so good in those films. He and I really don't think you can replace him. Um, you can do something like a spin-off, maybe, um, and probably have Chris Pratt in those. But I don't think you can have Chris Pratt just playing like a straight kind of Indiana Jones. Uh, basically replacing Harrison Ford. I don't think that would work. But the rumor's out there, so I just wanted to go, let you guys know. Let me know what you guys think about that in the comments below. Right, moving on, and moving on to The Flash. So The Flash um, producer, Barbara Muschietti, who's the wife of Andy Muschietti, who is the director of the movie, she posted a rather interesting, um, uh, well, post, <laughs> image, on Instagram. It, with, uh, with her, I believe it is her husband, I believe it's Andy who's in the picture. So I'll bring up the picture for you guys here. Here you go. So they're wearing some interesting socks. Uh, of course, that's Barbara there with her um, flash-themed socks and a sock, and that is uh, Andy, I believe. And what you'll notice here is that her Barbara sock is uh, referring to the reverse flash. Those are the reverse flash colors. That's the reverse reverse uh, reverse flash logo, and this is uh, I think I do think that's Andy. Uh, this is the flash, uh, just straightforward. So what does this mean? Well, she um, she wrote um, obrigado on it, which is uh, thank you, I believe, in Portuguese. Um, so basically, saying thank you for the socks, I think, is what she was saying. I think someone sent her the socks, but. I mean, does this mean reverse flashes in the movie? Is she teasing the reverse flashes in the movie? Maybe. I think it's more uh, that she received the socks, thought they were cool, wanted to wear them, wanted to put them in a picture. The thing is, they would think about this long and hard. I'm pretty sure that reverse flash is going to be the main villain in the Flash movie. Mainly because if they're, I mean, they're adapting, they're, they're, it's a Flashpoint movie, I think, in all but name. The thing is, is that Reverse Flash is such an important villain uh, for the Flash. Who are they really going to pit um, up against, uh, like, the Flash in this upcoming movie? Especially if they're going, if they're exploring the multiverse. Why are they exploring the multiverse? 
The only reason that I can see that would work is that Eobard Thorne is involved, um, who would probably be exploring the kind of Eobard Thorne is an interesting character in the as in his own right, not just as the Reverse Flash. He's constantly uh, playing with time and and genuinely going through the speed force um, to go back and forward in time. And that's what a lot of Flashpoint has to do with. But then that ends up going into the multiverse and different Earths. So it's very much tied to Reverse Flash. That, that to me just makes me think that he will be in the film. There have been rumors actually that there might be a female version of, of Reverse Flash and that could that could be played by um, Jessica Chastain, which I think would be really interesting. Now, Jessica Chastain has a very, very good working relationship with the Muschietis. Of course, she was in the It Chapter 2, but before that, she was in um, was it a horror film that he did, um, Mama. Was it called Mama? Again, I'm really I'm I'm struggling uh, with some of the names today. But if you know what film, she, what horror film she was in that Andy Muschietti directed, I think it was it was definitely produced by Guillermo del Toro, and she was definitely in it. And I think it was called Mama. Uh, but I remember seeing it, and I remember thinking it was really good. But she's someone that likes to work with these guys. She loves to work with the Muschietti. So bringing her into this uh, and pl- having her play the villain, playing a female version of, of Reverse Flash, I think would be fascinating. I think it'd be a nice little twist. Uh, and she's a brilliant, brilliant actress. So I'm all for that. I like that rumor a lot. Again, it's a rumor. I haven't been able to track down uh, any more information on that. But it, once I do, uh, if I do, uh, I'll let you know. Uh, I hope that is the case. And I hope, I really do hope that um, that they bring in reverse flash. We already know that Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton are going to be back. So they're playing their respective versions of Batman. And that's more to do with the multiverse. It's also been rumored that Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne will have a lot more to do in this film than we believe. I think as far as far as I'm aware and what I've been hearing is it's much more than just a cameo. He's actually one of the main actors in the film. Uh, he's playing one of the main characters, which really, really excites me because I'm just all for seeing Michael Keaton back as Batman. I want to see more of him. I'm really excited for this uh, Batman Beyond what looks to be a movie now and uh, I can't wait to see The Flash I think the Muschietti's are fantastic I think uh, this idea of having the reverse Flash be the main villain is really interesting and I'm all for it so let me know what you guys think about this in the comments below right moving on and moving on to um, well this is going to be I suppose this is the Amber Heard section of the show so she's admitted basically so before I go into the admitted bit I'll actually I'll, I'll switch these around so uh, the article that w- that we ran was that Johnny De- Johnny Depp's new evidence against Amber Heard could prove she lied lied in court. So what is this new evidence against Amber Heard? Well, um, it's actually pretty damning. Uh, so I just uh, need to scroll down to the right article. Here we go. So this was reported in by the Daily Mail, so in the UK. Um, they reported that Johnny Depp is accusing Amber Heard of pocketing the seven million. A dollar settlement from their 2016 divorce and repeatedly lying about giving it all to charity. Heard vowed to split the massive payment between two charities, but Depp lawyers believe it was a sham. His team spent the last year chasing the Children Hosp- Children's Hospital Los Angeles and the American Civil Liberties Union to find out how much they actually received from the actress. So the ACLU uh, has so far refused to cooperate with multiple subpoenas, but documents produced by the hospital and seen exclusively by DailyMail.com suggest it only received uh, $100,000, way short of the promised $3.5 million gift. Bosses then became concerned and wrote to her heard in June of 2019 to ask if the pledge will not be fulfilled. Depp's lawyers claim correspondence is the smoking gun that proves Heard was lying when she boasted about the giveaway. Heard's attorney then said she'd already been responsible for seven figures in donations to charitable causes and, and intends to continue to contribute and eventually fulfill her pledge. So this, again... I read that out, but that's that's the story here. The story is that Amber Heard uh, was given a seven million dollars in a in the divorce settlement that she said she'd be she'd end up giving to charity, two charities, so th- I think three point seven million each. Um, th- I, I believe, as far as the Daily Mail is concerned and, and the documentation, as far as it's uh, like barely any of it's been given. Um, so I think they've managed to find a hundred thousand uh, dollars that's been pledged, and that actually. But some people have reported that that was actually donated by Johnny Depp. So that a lot of the money 
So the original arrangement was that Johnny Depp would uh, would give Amber Heard the money and then Amber Heard would donate it to charities. But Johnny Depp's team and him himself reportedly did not believe she would fulfill that pledge and wanted to give the money themselves. So that was where the 10,000 came from, is that Johnny Depp donated that himself, uh, or his team did. And uh, it's, that was done in 2016. And uh, she's had all the money received by Johnny Depp, apparently, since 2019, I believe she's had it, or maybe even before 2017, I'm not sure. But she, she never gave it. Um, she was given it in um, in uh, varying amounts, like 1 million, 3.5 million at one point. You can go on the Daily Mail, it's all on, on there. And um, it really doesn't paint a very good picture for her because she did, whilst under oath, claim that she donated that money to charity. And actually, uh, Justice Nickel, uh, in his ruling, said that uh, someone that would donate that amount of money does not sound like a gold digger to him. He actually specifically used the term gold digger. So this really, really doesn't sound good for Amber Heard. And um, the then at the end, uh, the last bit I said is that the attorney, Heard's attorney said she has already fulfilled, um, sorry, already, she's already been responsible for seven figures in donations to charitable causes and intends to continue to contribute and eventually fulfill her pledge so it's the word eventually that's got people quite riled up here fulfill her pledge because in court she said she'd already had done so that in itself uh is as far as i'm aware perjury so she lied in court um if this if the daily mail article is to be believed so it, it really doesn't sound good for amber heard and actually it's um you know, it's, it's it's very, very good for Johnny Depp's team. It's obviously something they've been uh, searching for and trying to get to the bottom of for quite some time. They've now got the documentation. So, um, and again, here's what Amber Heard said at the time when she talk, talked about the 7 million settlements to donating it to charity. Said, as, as described in the restraining order and the divorce settlement, money played no role for me personally and never has, except to the extent that I could donate it to charity. And in doing so hopefully help those less able to defend themselves as reported in the media the amount received in the divorce was seven million dollars and seven million is being donated um yeah so and then there was the eventually fulfill uh the the pledge by her lawyer uh it really doesn't sound good but let me know what you guys think about this in the comments below is has there have you heard of any new developments personally i haven't uh but do do let me know in the comments below I just said doo-doo. Right, uh, move, moving on. Um, the next story is to do with Ray Fisher. So he's uh, he's been talking a lot in uh, on Twitter about all the uh, Walter Hamada stuff. And actually, the most recent uh, bit of news he's uh, revealed on Twitter is that he, he basically denied that he's resigned as cyborg from the DCU, which had been reported by multiple places including the rap i think the rap were the ones who um reported this to begin with saying that he's not he's no longer going to be in the mc uh, in the dceu sorry not the mcu so he his uh, i'll bring up his tweet here i strongly suggest that the rap amends this article immediately while i appreciate the reporter's undying desire to warner brothers pictures and walter hamada's bidding it's factually inaccurate i did not publicly step down from anything uh, so he's got a long thread here he said if Warner Brothers has made, made this decision to remove me from the flash rather than address in any way Walter Hamada tampering with the Justice League investigation, that's on them. The idea of removing the role rather than recasting it is um, only being used to try to avoid public backlash. He then said Warner Brothers PR teams uh, struggled to retain control of the narrative. Ever since they failed to bury me and the Justice League investigation with the September 4th hit piece, which unsurprisingly was written by the same reporter, more on Warner Brothers PR and Joanna Fuentes later. Uh, I don't know if he actually said anything about her. Uh, the fact is the Justice League investigation led to Warner Media and its affiliates parting ways with Joss Whedon. He then said Jeff Johns will be following suit. Had Walter Hamada not um, gotten his way, none of that would have been possible and the cycle of abuse would have continued. Finally, is five bits. My team and I are still in deep conversation with uh, Warner Media regarding all the matters and flash or no flash, we fully intend to see this through. 
I'll be keeping you posted, but in the meantime, thank you for your continued support, uh, accountability larger than entertainment. So uh, it's pretty damning what he's saying. Uh, It was a long, long thread. He's basically saying he's not stepped down. Uh, He's not happy with Walter Amada. He's not happy with Warner Brothers Pictures. He's uh, working with his team. He says the whole thing, the whole uh, news of him uh, being removed from the Flash is a way to try and avoid a public backlash, um, which is interesting. Uh, I think there was a pretty big backlash against um, the news that, uh, that that Ray Fisher wasn't going to be in, uh, in, in the Flash. And then also the recasting stuff. I just could not believe that. It just sounds completely bonkers to me. Um, and then there's also been news about the whole Jeff Johns thing. Apparently, Jeff Johns isn't leaving. So apparently, he's not going anywhere. But um, Ray Fisher, in his uh, tweet, said Jeff Johns will be following suit. That hasn't happened yet. Um, we'll have to wait and see if it does. Basically, as far as looking at it from the outside, I really do think that Ray Fisher is kind of putting himself into a bit of a corner here. Because the fact that Walter Hamada has this uh, deal now with Warner Brothers, and basically he's going to, he is the president of DC Films until 2023. Again, that contract can be ripped up and they can pay him off and just tell him to, to leave. You know, that does happen quite a lot, actually. Uh, but as far as it looks like to me, um, Walter Hamada is going to be involved with DC Films until 2023. Um, there are going to be a lot of films coming out, up, you know, to come out up until that point. Apparently, four a year, with two of them being released on um, HBO Max. I do believe that's what he said. That they're going to be four DC Comics movies a year. Two of them will be coming to HBO Max. I've seen other people claiming there are going to be four DC Comics movies and two HBO Max movies, making it six. But that I don't. That's not the case, at least as far as I'm aware. Um, so there's a lot of movies to come out. I'm a bit worried about Ray Fisher, I'm going to be honest. I'm worried that a lot of this is potentially damaging his career. I really hope it doesn't because I think he's I think he's brilliant as Cyborg. The other thing that I think will happen is that when Zack Snyder's Justice League movie comes out, it's said that um, Cyborg is going to have a much, much bigger role in that movie. I think people will end up feeling um, a lot warmer towards his version of Cyborg after that film. So... After that film comes out, I do wonder whether that might end up just basically um, forcing Warner Brothers' hands and saying, look, we're going to have to keep him on board. We can't get rid of him. He's too good in this movie. I'm hoping that he's going to be really good in that film. That's what I hope happens. I'm not sure. I haven't seen the film. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. That film, I think, is coming out in March. March 21st, I believe, was the the date that was rumored for that release. So let's watch the film. Let's hope that it's good. Let's see what happens. But let me know. Do let me know what you guys think about all of this in the comments uh, below. Even uh, comment now if you want. You let me let me know what you guys think about all of that. Right. So moving on, and moving on to uh, Warner Brothers rumored to be trying to get Christopher Nolan to direct more Batman films. So this comes from Giant Freaking Robot, and I'm going to be honest. Uh, I'm very skeptical about this piece because. I, I, first off, Christopher Nolan's not happy with Warner Brothers. So why would he go and agree to direct more Batman films for them? The whole reason why, so Christopher Nolan directed these Batman films, they were great, but the last one was basically him saying, okay, I'm going to make this film for you guys. In return, you're going to let me do whatever the hell I want to do. And that's what they've been doing. You know, all the films that he's done since then have basically he's been given carte blanche to do whatever he wants. And that's why we've had the likes of Inception, Interstellar, and Tenant. Um, you know, he's not... I don't think he's going to turn around and, and direct another Batman film. If, the thing is, Giant Freaking Robot, they have some sources that are claiming uh, that... Um, here, I'll put it up here, what they say. So here's, a, here's the... the quote Warner Brothers has always wanted Christopher Nolan involved in future in the future of their superhero franchises but he's always said no now though with the movie theaters with movie theaters dying and tenant flopping word is that Nolan's stance on doing more Batman has softened and he's open to new ideas my source the same that has made giant freaking robot the first outlet anywhere to break the news of Wonder Woman 1984 release on streaming tells me Christopher Nolan is actually considering it in the past, the author has uh, flatly rejected the idea of returning to Batman. However, the very public failure of Tennant apparently rocked him to the core as a director, and he's far more open to the idea of returning to the world of Batman than he ever has ever been in the past. Here, sorry, you had that last bit there. It's quite a long quote, but the reason I put it in there was because there's a lot in here that. Um, 
okay, first off, I didn't know that, that Giant Freaking Robot were the ones to break the news that Wonder Woman would be released on streaming. But then again, a lot of people were saying that at the time. Um, Tenant, is it a failure? That That's the question that I, I want to ask because I re- given the circumstances, I really do not think Tenant is a failure. Tenant came out in a time where cinemas were closed and it's still it made some money now it did lose money ultimately it did actually let's let's go and have a look let's go to let's go to box office mojo all right and see if this thing actually works uh right um and see it, how much the film actually made because off the top of my head i cannot for the life of me remember how much that film ended up making the film i believe ended up cost about is it like 400 million to make right which is a lot that's a lot but it was originally going to be coming out in a time where cinemas were open so domestic opening is 20 million that's in the u.s alone all right i think one thing that people got to, they've got to do is really forget about domestic box office because really that does not matter so worldwide it made 363 million okay uh, it made 363 million and how much did it did it cost to make um uh, it doesn't have i am on imdb pro um right so budget two uh, 205 million that was its budget in order for a film to break even, it it needs to make its uh, its budget twice. Basically, it needs to it needs to make twice the amount it costs to make the film. So, really, what it needed to make was four hundred and ten million. It made three hundred and sixty three. Uh, in a time where cinemas are closed, I'm going to say I don't think that's that's not a failure to me. That is actually really quite good, considering the fact that the film is crazy it's difficult to follow i'm not i'm not saying i'm i'm not a massive fan of the film i don't think it's his best film by far i think i actually think it's one of his worst but it's still a it's still a christopher nolan film and i still think a christopher nolan film is better than most uh, even if it's a bad one um because i don't actually think fundamentally i don't think it's a bad film <laughs> i think it's his worst film but if you look at his films if his back catalog they're all brilliant uh, apart you know there are some bad bits in some of them, some bits that I wasn't too keen on, but fundamentally they're really well-made, really interesting films. This is another one. It's a really well-made and interesting film. It's just a bit, uh, the plot's a bit all over the place. It's more the idea is something that Nolan wanted to get forward. But the film, I really think it's not right to say that the film was a, <laughs> a flop because it couldn't really make any more than that considering people couldn't go out and see the film. It might end up making more on on um, VOD, uh, you know, through people, and maybe people still buy DVDs now. I don't think they do, but it might. It might end up doing that. I think, um, I think it's harsh to call it a failure. I really don't think this would make um, Christopher Nolan want to make more Batman films. Christopher Nolan was furious with Warner Brothers, when they re- uh, revealed that all their 2021 movies would be coming to streaming and in cinemas at the same time, but be coming to HBO Max. He did that wonderful quote where he said, um, movie directors and actors went to bed thinking they were working for the best uh, studio in the world and woke up realizing they're working for the worst streaming service. Um, he's he's right. Uh, he's, he's angry with Warner Brothers. I wonder whether he's going to work with Warner Brothers again. I'm pretty sure they're very keen on making sure that he would work for them. And that means to me that they wouldn't have him make a Batman film. They'd have him just do whatever the hell he wants again because they know they messed up. They know they messed up. Warner Brothers were in the wrong. Christopher Nolan was in the right. And his film didn't... In the circumstances, I really think it's harsh to say that the film was a flop. But let me know what you guys think about all that. There's a bit of a long-winded bit there. But let me know what you guys think about that in the comments below. Right, moving on. And moving on to apparently... Uh, Tim Burton's Adam Family TV series is reportedly going to be R-rated. So this is something that uh, I've been, uh, well, looking very closely at for a while. What's happening with Tim Burton's um, Ad- The Adams Family series? I'm very, very interested in it. I've um, been told some things about it from sources claiming that uh, Johnny Depp is going to be playing Gomez Adams. At least now I've been hearing that he's interested to play the role and they're trying... 
Um, Tim Burton is trying to sort everything out so that he can get the role. Uh, again, we still don't know where it's coming to. We don't know whether it's going to be on, well, which streaming service it's going to be on. It could be on Netflix. They're the ones that are reportedly trying to get the film. They're really, well, everyone's bidding on the film, on the series, sorry. But <clears throat> I'm pretty certain that it's going to end up on a streaming service. If it does end up on one, I think Netflix is the likeliest. Um, we'll have to wait and see. But according to Daniel Rickman on his beloved Patreon page, uh, the Adams Family TV series is going to be R-rated. So I wanted to talk a little bit about this because I have some thoughts and um, uh, an opinion on, on this particular rumor. I think this is absolute rubbish. I think making... Now, as I said, I've said this in previous um, episodes, Daniel Rickman gets things right. He does get things right. And that's why I do cover him because he gets things right. Uh, the thing is, even a broken clock is wrong twice a day. Is right twice a day. It's wrong most of the time, but it's right twice a day. An Adams Family TV series that's R-rated makes absolutely no sense. It's lunacy. Fundamentally, the Adams Family's for kids. It's a kids show. It was a kids show when it began. It was well a family-friendly show. You know, it's kind of spooky. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Yeah. It's kind of wacky. Yeah. But kids love that sort of stuff. Some of the very best kids. TV shows and programs have been really weird and, and really quite scary. But kids can see through that and kids can see the, the fantasy and all of it and the, the magic and, and, and they kind of go for it. And actually, in the end, it, a, a, a relatively spooky show that, has, that, that, that handles pretty heavy themes tends to do very well with children. I do not think Tim Burton... <laughs> sorry, as my phone goes mad. I do not believe that Tim Burton, for a second wants to make this R-rated. Tim Burton's made uh, films for children before and they've been really good, really good. Frank and Weenie is fantastic. That's a brilliant film. You know, um, The Nightmare Before Christmas he produced, it's really a very, very good children's film. He, he knows how to make really good children's films. Most of them are. Barely any of his films are R-rated. So why would he turn around now and develop something which is fundamentally for children and turn it into an R-rated TV show. makes no. It makes no sense. It's completely. It would completely miss the point of the of the show of of the idea. I'm a massive fan of the Adams family. I love the Adams family, and um, I'm very much behind the idea of Johnny Depp playing Gomez Adams. I think he'd be brilliant in the role. But having it R-rated just makes absolutely no sense. It's stupid. It. Even the fact that Daniel Rickman would go ahead and say this is a thing is dumb because, I mean, I again, I covered it and I said reportedly, you know, it's, <laughs> if if it does turn out to be true, I'll eat my hat that I don't have. I don't have a hat. I'll, I'll eat something on this desk. I will eat, I will eat this. This is a, a microfiber cloth. I, a cloth. I will eat this. If, <laughs> if the Adams family... A TV show ends up being R-rated. I will eat a microfiber cloth. I have a lot of them. <laughs> I'll eat one of them. I I don't think I. It would just be completely and utterly bonkers and make no sense and stupid. Right <laughs> now that I've had that little rant, let's move on. So we're in the TV section of the show. So um, <clears throat> there's a show that's on Netflix at the moment called The History of Swear Words, which um, is really quite interesting. It stars uh, Nick Nicholas Cage. He's like the host of the show, and then they go into the uh, into how swear words started. So uh, I'm gonna quickly tell you which swear words were covered in season one. Fuck, <laughs> fuck, bitch, pussy, dick. And damn, uh, right now that I've probably been uh, <laughs> got rid of by Facebook uh, and uh, Instagram, well, Instagram, not Instagram, and YouTube, let's talk a bit about the show. So the show is really interesting. It's, um, it's a couple of episodes. I was um, emailing people about what, uh, well, in conjunction with the show who, who were involved in the show, trying to ask them what's going to happen. And one of them came back to me. And one person that uh, works on the show, they will go unnamed, uh, said, yep, uh, sorry, when I was asking about season two, I really wanted to know if season two was happening. And uh, they said had this to say. Yep, we're working on a season two. And I can also confirm that Nick Cage is coming back to host uh, the show in season two. So Nick Cage is back. 
uh, season two is going ahead. It's something that can they, they can film pretty easily in lockdown. So uh, it's kind of a no-brainer. Uh, as as far as uh, Netflix is concerned and, and Nicolas Cage is concerned, it's quite a, a safe shoot. Uh, a lot of people in rooms just talking about things. They can do that. They don't need big sets. Uh, they can keep it very safe. So, yeah, and it's also done pretty well. Uh, it, it's been in the top 10 of like most watched shows on Netflix for a couple of days now. So it makes sense that they, they'll green light season two. The thing is, we're not going to probably hear anything from Netflix about this for a while. But I have also been told that it's probably going to come towards the end of 2021, beginning of 2022. So it's going to it's going to be quite a quick turnaround on this. There's not much editing required, so you know it kind of makes sense. And um, I think I'm all for it. I like this show. I like this series. I think it's quite interesting, and I think it works really well. And it's kind of not that expensive to make. I mean, Nicolas Cage might be quite expensive to bring back, but he seems to enjoy doing it. So yeah, I'm excited for it. Let me know what you guys think about that in the comments below. Right, moving away from that and on to Bridgerton. <clears throat> so there have been lots of rumors uh, going around about what the star of Bridgerton, uh, Regé Jean Page, Regé Jean Page, um, he was, uh, he of course plays, I'm forgetting his name now in the, in the show, he is, Regé Jean Page, who does he play? He's the, uh, in Bridgerton, he's like the really sexy one. Um, <laughs> I'm forgetting his name. If anyone can remind me his name in the comments, that'd be really helpful. Um, right. He plays Simon Bassett. Is that his name? Uh, no, 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 no. Yeah, I think, it, but he's got another, like they refer to him in it. It's in that, uh, Simon, yeah, Simon Bassett. So he's... Um, He's something main cast. Here we go. Uh, why is he not in like the main cast? The Duke of Hastings. That's it. That's what I was trying to remember. So he's the Duke of Hastings. He's one of the, the. He is one of the leads in the show. He is kind of blowing up at the moment. He is an actor that a lot of people have taken um, shine to because he is very good looking. And to be honest, when I watched uh, the show, I thought he would be really, really good as James Bond. I then went to look at the odds, and the odds of him being James Bond were 20 to 1, which is much better than it's ever been for him. Actually, it was the first time he's ever been even involved in the conversation because he's a relatively unknown actor before Bridgerton season one. And this, to me, really, I started to think, well, that makes so much sense to have him be Bond because one of the things we've heard, actually, about who will be the next James Bond is that it actually might end up being a, a relatively unknown actor, not a big name, not a Tom Hardy, not a Michael Fassbender, you know, not one of those, not even a Sam Hewen, because I think Sam Hewen would be terrible as Bond, or James Norton. They're the, they're the people that keep on coming up. Richard Madden also keeps on coming up. They'll be fine. They, they'll be really, really fine. But if they want someone for a long time, someone that will really invest themselves in the role, then uh, Regé Jean Page or Regé Jean Page would be brilliant for it. He is young. He's 31. He's the right build. He's He would be the best looking Bond ever. Now, does he have the acting chops? Well, that's to, that's to that remains to be seen. He's still relatively uh, new in the business. Uh, he was very good in Bridgerton. I think he was really, really good in that. He's very good at being moody. But um, can he do action? Well, I think he could. Uh, so hopefully they're looking at him. But he uh, was on The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon, and he had this to say. So he said, if you're a Brit and you do something of any regards that people renown um, well, people are going to start saying the B word. I'm very glad to have that badge. I'm very glad to be in the company of such people who have the badge. But it's just a badge. So he's basically saying he's happy that he's involved, that he's in the conversation, but it's nothing's official. It's a badge, he's calling it, which is interesting. That's, that's an interesting way to put it. But do you guys think you would make a good James Bond? Please, please let me know in the comments below. Right, uh, moving on. And uh, there's a lot of TV news to go through, so I'm only going to go through some of it. Um, Loki is reportedly already being renewed, has been renewed for season two on Disney+. Plus. So that comes from, again, Daniel Rickman. That's really good news that means that the show is uh, a hit already and marvel is very very confident in that show i'm pretty sure that's happening uh, a grand admiral thrawn origins movie is reportedly in development i think that's rubbish i don't think that's true um i think they'll just <laughs> have grand admiral thrawn be in the shows and the spin-offs and the mandalorian he'll be in and probably the ahsoka tano spin-off um, series 
that's it. I don't think he's going to have his own Origins movie because we already know his Origins if you've read the books. Um, Marvel's She-Hulk con uh, show confirmed to be 10 uh, half-hour long episodes. This was by Kevin Feige. So he basically said that some shows are going to be, um, he said, like... Uh, like WandaVision going to be nine episodes uh, others uh, so it's going to be all six so he said it's about six hours of content sometimes that'll be six episodes sometimes that'll be nine episodes but in the case in the case of WandaVision sometimes that'll be 10 episodes you basically have 10 half hour episodes which is what She-Hulk will be so that's what he had to say about that let me know what you guys think about that in the comments below are you excited for She-Hulk um, right so Kristen Ritter has been rumored to return as Jessica Jones in the She-Hulk series. So this is again Daniel Rickman. But then it came. The, the, the reason I ran with this is because of the story after that actually comes straight from Kevin Feige. So he's been doing a lot of interviews with um, various different people. This uh, this one, uh, <coughs> sorry, is to do. It was uh, I think it was ComicBook.com. Was that who it was uh, with? Let me try and find it. Um, so there's so much stuff to cover. So trying to find it all can be a bit tricky sometimes. Mm. Damn, I can't find the story. Oh, here we go. <laughs> sorry, I thought I thought it was another one. So this was in an interview with Deadline. Sorry, where he said, "Well, certainly you can. Um, you've seen what we announced at Comic Con a year and a half ago, and on Disney Investor Day a few weeks ago. So that's our focus, talking about the upcoming Marvel movies and TV shows they've announced. But I've been at Marvel long enough to say never say never to never say never about anything. So that was um, after a question about the Marvel Netflix series if they're ever going to be a revival." So he's giving us hope. He's giving us hope that uh, that we can see the likes of The Punisher, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist all return to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. There have been lots and lots of rumors. We ourselves have been told that um, John Bernthal is coming back and that Charlie Cox is coming back. So it sounds like they're thinking of bringing back the whole crew. So that includes Kristen Ritter as Jessica Jones, which is great news. Let me know what you guys think about that in the comments below. I'm going through a lot of this quite fast because I haven't got that much time. <laughs> right. Um, the Fire Gina uh, Carano uh, hashtag is trending once again on, uh, on Twitter after she seemingly showed support of the recent riots. So people uh, went through her Twitter and found that she'd liked some posts um, supporting the riots, uh, the, um, the recent horrible, horrible scenes in Washington, D.C. of people storming the Capitol. Well, you know... Um, <laughs> Gina uh, uh, Carano is an interesting one because she does not like to keep silent. So she then addressed the calls to have her fired from The Mandalorian when she's speaking to drunk C-3PO, the uh, YouTuber. So she said, I'm going to stick around. And if my presence bothers you, okay. But also a lot of people are not bothered by my Twitter presence or my social media presence. So I focus more on those people. I bring the fire out in people. I'm not sure why. So she's basically saying she's going to be sticking around for a while. And you know what? I think she will be. Uh, she's involved in the spin-off shows that's pretty nailed on that she's going to be involved in those so she's going to be around for a while i don't think disney's going to fire her even if you know i don't think someone should be fired for their political beliefs if they're doing what say trump did and uh, actually actively trying to get people to riot and um, promoting hate speech online then yes uh, i i think yeah, you should be fired but gina carano hasn't really been doing that as far as i'm aware she's been yeah, I th she's made it very clear she's a conservative, she's a Republican. You should not be fired for being a Republican. Uh, you know, I'm not. Uh, I know a lot of people aren't, but you should not be fired for believing, you know, certain, for, for, for following a certain political belief in, in the realms of whether it's Democrat or Republican. That's just nonsense. Um, now, if it's more hatred speech, uh, then I do understand that. But um, no, I think she's going to be sticking around for a while. Let me know what you guys think about that in the comments below. The Green Arrow and the Canary show has been cancelled by the CW. It hadn't even started. They had a um, basically the the finale of Arrow was the first episode of the of Green Arrow and the Canaries, and the CW revealed that they're not going forward with that show. They are going forward with the prequel of the Hundred series, so they're going forward with that. To me, this looks like they're winding down their DC Comics shows. So I'm pretty sure they'll end up cancelling or ending the Flash and DC Legends of Tomorrow, and I think Batgirl. Uh, sorry, not Batgirl, Batwoman will end up being 
probably will end up in the DC uh, kind of the HBO stuff. I think that's looks like that will happen because um, Javicia Leslie was reportedly spotted on the Titans 3 set as Batwoman. So that comes from the Vulcan reporter. He is someone that has very good track record. So I really, really do believe what, what he says. And apparently she was spotted on set. Which means that she might end up starring in Titan, or uh, cameoing in Titan season three, which will then possibly give her a door, a way into being on the HBO Max shows and having probably her own HBO Max show. And they maybe that might be the last CW one that they kind of do. Uh, let me know what you guys think about that. Finally, the final bit, bit, uh, bit of news is again Amber Heard. She's reportedly trying to get Gal Gadot to star in her rumored HBO Max Mirror series. Now, I do not believe this series is happening. <laughs> um, just because there's so much heat around Amber Heard. Now, I think they might be thinking about doing it. Um, so, sorry. Uh, I, th- I think they might be thinking of doing it. I think it's something that they're, um, they have been contemplating. Well, Walter Hamada apparently is a big, uh, he's a very big Aquaman guy, um, of course, being a producer on that film. But apparently he's... Uh, apparently he's very keen on this uh, is what I've heard but I really do think there's just too much heat surrounding Amber Heard at the moment but apparently she's uh, trying to get Gal Gadot to star or appear as Wonder Woman in her Mirror series I this again comes from we got this covered so I'm really not sure about this they said um, this hasn't stopped rumors from making the rounds that Amber Heard's involvement in the DCU is only set to increase in the future though and we've now heard from our sources the same ones who told us Ben Affleck would be back as Batman in the Flash long before it was confirmed that she's talking with Warner Brothers about a Mirror series on HBO Max and she wants Gal Gadot's woman to be involved Wonder Woman to be involved in it Yeah, I mean, I understand why she'd want that, but I don't think it's going to (laughs) happen. Right, and on that bombshell, guys, I'll say good night or good day, wherever you are. Thank you so much for watching. You can follow us, uh, Small Screen, everywhere on socials. That's at Small uh, Small Screen Co. That's on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also like and subscribe on YouTube. That'd be great. You can go onto the site, which is at small-screen.co.uk, and uh, give all the articles over there a read. Um, you can uh, what else can you you can uh, listen to the show as a podcast uh, that's at Small Screen Stories wherever you get your podcasts it'd be great to have a, a review from you guys as well on Apple Podcasts if you could do that give us five stars that'd be really really good uh, I know I went through things very quickly today but Tuesdays is always going to be a long show because I'm going over all the news of the weekend because I only do this show now on Tuesdays Wednesdays and Thursdays that's just so that I can stay sane <laughs> maybe one day I'll extend it back to the five five days a week but at the moment it's all i can do so i'll do a longer form show on 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 tuesday for you guys but i will end up going through a lot of the news quite quickly there's a lot of it there's a lot of stuff to talk about you can follow me at uh, on <laughs> on twitter at ej lauder and uh if you also want to write for the show you can uh, you can email me at hello at small-screen.co.uk email me with your pitches we do pay our writers so it would always be great to hear from you guys and uh, i love to get people's um written content about pop culture up on the site because a lot of you are such actually very very good writers and you probably don't even know it and uh, i would love to hear from you and with that i'll say goodbye thank you very much for watching guys and i'll see you in the next one cheers and goodbye